RC Top 3, a weekly podcast of the top three stories from Regnum Christi. Women of the Bible, an invitation to discover the women of the Old Testament whose lives were transformed by God. Last year, Monica Trevino, a consecrated woman of Regnum Christi originally from Monterrey, Mexico, presented a two-part Spanish-language Bible study called Women of the Bible, Now, an English-language version will be offered over the next two years. The Bible Study Series, which examines the lives of eight women from the Bible, Part 1 looks at women of the Old Testament, and Part 2, which will be offered in 2022, explores women of the Gospels whose lives were transformed by a personal encounter with Christ, was inspired both by Monica's own love of Scripture and from her experience observing, guiding, and working with women and families over almost 30 years of consecrated life. Throughout her pastoral work, Monica continually encountered women of all ages who had yet to discover their true identity and value rooted in Christ. I worked with a lot of women who sometimes didn't know God in a personal way. They didn't have a personal relationship with Christ, and their identity was based on what people thought of them, how they are seen, how they perform, or what they achieve, says Monica. I love the feminine genius. I love the dignity of women. And, as a consecrated woman, I love helping women discover their true femininity and their true identity as beloved daughters of God. The Women of the Bible sessions touch on themes that are as relevant to women today as they were to women of the Old Testament, like receptivity, maternity, sensitivity, and generosity. But for Monica, the Women of the Bible series is more than just a Bible study. The participants are prayerfully guided towards applying the lessons from the lives of the women in Scripture to bring about real change in their own lives. This is not a theoretical course where the participants come out with more knowledge of the Bible. It's not just about learning. That's not the objective, says Monica. The objective is that the participants let God touch their lives and transform them, that they discover, or rediscover, the Father's love for them and that they begin to base their identity in the love of God and in being His beloved daughters, that they have a real transformation. Each session of the Women of the Bible series begins with an opening prayer before delving into the life, challenges, and virtues of one of eight women of the Old Testament whose life was profoundly transformed by God. While the Course provides scriptural and historical context of the life of each of the women, from the beginning of the Old Testament with Eve, all the way to the end with the mother of the Maccabees. Monica has witnessed the real fruit come when participants are invited to apply the theme of each session to their own lives, through small group discussions, and, most importantly, through their homework, a set of scripture readings and questions designed to help them prayerfully consider how God is using each woman of the Bible to bring transformation into each participant's own life. As we get to know these women's stories, we will discover the feminine genius present in them through both their greatness and their imperfections, in their love of God and for others, and how all this relates and applies to our own lives, says Monica. This course will teach participants to learn from the past and to live their present more fully, to grow in their spiritual life and in their journey with God. The response to the course has been very positive. One of this year's in-person sessions is already sold out, and the other is filling up this week as the start date approaches. As well, Monica has already been approached by one parish to have her offer the program to its parishioners, which she hopes to be able to do next year. This illustrates to Monica the real need today's women have for a deeper and more authentic understanding of their inherent dignity as daughters of God and their desire to know more about women in Scripture and their unique relationships with God. 
She has heard from women of all ages and all vocations how exploring the themes of womanhood through the Women of the Bible series has transformed their lives, from their relationship with prayer and with God to their own understanding and acceptance of themselves. To meet this deep and personal need women have for a true identity founded in Christ, Monica hopes to develop the Bible study series into a book to make it available to a wider audience and would love one day to be able to offer spiritual exercises, retreats, and conventions specifically designed for women on this theme. When asked which woman of the Bible personally inspires her the most, Monica replies, All of them. I love them all. Praying and studying with these women makes me realize that they were women, just like us, very real and very normal. They were not born saints, but they allowed the Lord to touch and transform them. Even if they lived more than 2,000 years ago, I feel like they are just like contemporary women in the world today, and their love and passion for God inspires me. If you're interested in virtually joining this year's The Women of the Bible series, it's not too late. The series is being held both in person and online at two different venues in Texas. Monica's first session, held exclusively in person at St. Anthony of Padua Church in the Woodlands, quickly sold out. The second session, which began on Tuesday, September 28th, is being held in person and online at Corner Bakery Cafe in downtown Houston. This eight-session virtual series will run from 10.30 a.m. to 12 o'clock p.m. on the last Tuesday of every month. For more information, visit the Regnum Christi Houston website, www.thykingdomcome.us. Monica is currently serving in the Diocese of Galveston, Houston, accompanying women by providing spiritual direction, preaching spiritual exercises, and offering formation courses like the Women of the Bible series. In June of 2020, Monica offered a meditation novena on the Sacred Heart of Jesus called Behold This Heart, which is now available on YouTube and rcspirituality.org, and which has reached more than 1,500 people. New Regnum Christi English app, now on Apple and Android. The New Regnum Christi English app is now available for free on the Apple App Store for iPhones and iPads, as well as on the Google Play Store for all Android phones and tablets. Use it every day to connect to Christ in prayer and be inspired to live the life and mission He is calling you to. The New Regnum Christi English app connects you to daily meditations and podcasts on the day's gospel, the RC prayer book to help you deepen your spiritual life, news about the Regnum Christi mission, podcasts from engaging Regnum Christi members of all vocations, as well as a Spanish-language live stream of Guadalupe Radio, blogs that will inspire you, the Regnum Christi commitment card to help you live your vocation as an apostle. All of the content is easily shareable with just one click if you'd like to pass it on to others via social media, text message, WhatsApp, or email. Lessons from the Workshop of St. Joseph by Father Daniel Brandenburg, L.C. Part 11, Protector, continued. The Holy Innocence Unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. Our desire to enter God's kingdom leads us to humility. It also leads us to puzzlement and horror over what happens to the innocent children of Bethlehem. Matthew recounts the scene in the gospel in this way. When Herod realized that he had been deceived by the Magi, he became furious. He ordered the massacre of all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, two years old and under, 
in accordance with the time he had ascertained from the Magi. Then was fulfilled what had been said through Jeremiah the prophet. A voice was heard in Ramah, sobbing and loud lamentation, Rachel weeping for her children, and she would not be consoled, since they were no more. Matthew chapter 2, verses 16 to 18. Why did God allow the death of those children? Why didn't he warn all the parents to flee Herod's wrath? Why doesn't God eliminate infant mortality or childhood diseases in our own day? How can he permit abusers to traumatize children? Why does he allow the selfishness of some to destroy the existence or innocence of others? Where is his justice or mercy? St. Joseph, what can you show us about all this? We don't know if perhaps the same angel that spoke to Joseph in his dream didn't also try to warn the other parents of Bethlehem. But whether he did or didn't, we do know two things. One, Joseph was so attuned to God's voice that he acted decisively to hear and act, i.e. obey. And two, that God who is all-knowing foresaw that other parents wouldn't listen and knew the holy innocents would die. Omniscience does not imply cruelty. Jesus, who studied as a child at Joseph's feet, would later say, Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened round his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. Woe to the world for temptations to sin, for it is necessary that temptations come, but woe to the man by whom the temptation comes. Matthew chapter 18, verses 5 to 7. With this passage, Jesus distinguishes between two sources of evil in our world. The first is caused by sinful use of human freedom, which merits the millstone treatment. The second is illness, catastrophe, and other natural causes that we perceive as evil because of our limited vantage point. To us, death appears evil, but not from God's. Death is the end of this life and of our mortal bodies, but also the beginning of eternal life, for those who die in God's friendship, and of our glorified bodies. Is that not desirable? The greatest tragedy is not to die, whether old or young, but to die outside of God's friendship. The children around Bethlehem died innocent and immediately entered into the reward. What a blessing! Great suffering for their parents, yes, but not for them. Joseph, you weren't even around, but the news reached you eventually of Herod's cowardly acts. This must have provoked rival sentiments. First, relief. You had escaped. By listening to the prompting of the angel, you had avoided destruction for Jesus and fulfilled your mission to protect this child. Second, outrage. The injustice and brutality of a ruler so petty and insecure that he would order the cold-blooded murder of 25 to 40 babies just to ensure his own despotic rule is pathetic. As a man and Israelite, you sorrowed over the news of this senseless massacre. I wonder, too, if you didn't feel a tinge of survivor's remorse. What if you had warned the others? Could you have saved at least some of those other children? But who would have listened to a tecton talking about a vague warning in his dreams? They would have just laughed him away. That realization would have surfaced a sense of powerlessness, along with wonderment at the precariousness of existence and the marvel of the Father's providence. This experience would have served to confirm the vital importance of obedience in its original sense of ob, a prefix meaning toward, to, for, and 
audire, to hear. To obey is to hear and to act accordingly. Had he hesitated, waited another day or two, doubted if it were God's voice, an angel, or his overactive imagination, he would not have obeyed, and the outcome would have been different. And it is significant just how attuned Joseph was to obey a dream. Joseph hears, acts, and saves. Audacity Courage is not the absence of fear, but a decision to face it and overcome it. That is why St. Thomas Aquinas posits audacia, audaciousness, bravery, or daring in English, as the passion contrary to fear in the face of great danger. Audacity results from hope, since it is in the hope of overcoming the threatening object of fear that one attacks it boldly. Daring arises whenever something stirs up hope or diminishes fear, such as our own power, strength, wealth, connections, etc., or trust in divine assistance. Instead of cowering away, audacity leads one into the fray. This is St. Joseph. He counters natural fear in his tight situation by bold hope in God's protection, manifested in the divine dream. His passionate reaction to danger from a despot and ready obedience to a heavy command leads them out of Bethlehem, out of Herod's domain, and into the realm of fortitude. That cardinal virtue is also completed and perfected by the gift of the Holy Spirit with the same name, fortitude. So then there is a continuum in Joseph, the just man, between 1. his natural courage, 2. the virtue of fortitude, and 3. the Holy Spirit that sustains and perfects his virtue with a supernatural gift. Passions, virtue, and grace make for the complete person. Joseph is the total package. Love leads us to confront the dangers that we do not want loved ones to undergo, to brave difficult circumstances, and to shield the weak, even if the cause seems lost. This is the daring fortitude Joseph shows by his nighttime escape. This is the same audacious courage shown by parents who recognize and resist corrosive culture to protect their children, by politicians who stand up for truth and life, by businessmen who display integrity in their deals, and by pharmacists who refuse to prescribe death. Fortitude resists evil, despite peer pressure and public opinion. It finds strength and faith and hope, and it overcomes evil with good. By St. Joseph's example and intercession, may each of us be courageous Christians in our world today. May we not cave into fear of any size, shape, or color, but conquer it with the audacity of Him who triumphed over death itself. For more resources, visit www.regnumchristi.org or download the Regnum Christi English app today.